God's nature is revealed to us through his covenant names. God revealed himself through these names, expressing his oath and his promise, stating who he is and what he will do. God swore by himself and he gave his word. We must worship him and believe him for who he said he is. Before we get into God's word this morning, I want to call Vanessa up uh, right here. Come on, Vanessa. You know, we had this 10K run a couple of Sundays ago. Yeah? How many of you ran? <laughs> some of some of Vanessa came first in, in her age cat, uh, her category for women uh, and in, in her age group. She came first. So we just want to take a little moment uh, and let her just share her testimony with us. And let's just rejoice together with what God's done in her life. So Vanessa. Um, so, um, I, I really wanted to share my testimony and what the Lord has done in my life. Um, I just want to start off with uh, a Bible uh, story that's meant a lot to me um, recently in this past, uh, this past year. It's about um, in Matthew 9, the, the bleeding woman who um, was sick for 12 years and uh, she touched Jesus' cloak and um, the faith that she had that she experienced God's glory and uh, I'll come back to why I mentioned this but uh, six years ago uh, I hurt my leg really badly at the gym and um, I went to the doctor and they said you need two weeks bed rest and uh, so I went to the doctors and uh, got checked up and I had my two weeks bed rest and uh, I went home and uh, my leg uh, just became numb and cold like from here onwards. It was just cold and um, I Didn't know what was wrong. I went to the hospital and they said uh, we've never seen a case like this and uh, they said um, You have to keep your leg warm. We'll give you tablets to thin out your blood But we don't know what's wrong with it may you may have to have surgery you may not have surgery and they told me that you can't run again because the impact will be too much on your leg um, that point of time was was really hard. Um, I felt so alone um, because I didn't accept the Lord at that time, but I felt so alone and um, I remember going home and just crying and saying, Mom, why is this happening to me? And uh, there was so much of pain. I had so much of pain. I would cry at night and uh, my mom would massage my leg and um, I had to have tablets and I was a 22 year old wearing warm pants underneath my pants. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go out at night because it used to just hurt so much. And to walk was a task, you know. And um, uh, after that, I, um, uh, my brother told me to come back to church and pastor prayed over my leg and I so wanted to believe that my leg was gonna be healed but I had that doubt, you know, I still had that doubt, how can he do this for me? I went for a church camp and they prayed over my leg and by God's grace, he healed my leg. And um, it was just amazing, like I, I, I could run up and down and there was warmth in my leg. But at that point of time, I had gained uh, 20 kgs overweight, I was so unhealthy. And uh, I decided uh, and I said, Lord, I prayed and I accepted the Lord. I accepted the Lord. And uh, he changed my life inside out, upside down. I started worshiping, thinking, I was on fire for the Lord. 
And I said, Lord, I'm going to get fit for you. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to get fit for you. And um, uh, I, every time I exercise, I, I, uh, I pray. And I pray when I run, before I run. And I said, Lord, this is your, uh, this is your doing. And last year, I finished uh, one hour, uh, one minute. But by God's grace, um, it was his strength uh, that let me finish at 50, 50 minutes, 41 seconds. And um, I, had, I had Jesus is my strength at the back because he is my strength and it's not me. I, I didn't run this run. And uh, the thing is, I, I want to encourage everyone and whoever is, uh, who has that little doubt in their minds that they can't be healed, uh, Jesus doesn't want uh, to see you sick. He wants to see you whole and full and go out and for his glory. He, he doesn't want to see anything else. And um, I mean, me standing over here, I'm not a person who speaks or anything, but I, I, I wanted to share this to say what the Lord has done. And he can do it in each of our lives. We just need to trust him. And, and that's the belief that we need, that woman who held Jesus' cloak, believing that she's going to be healed. We all need to believe that he, we are going to be healed. And, and, and he, he's just looking out for us, and he just loves us. And, and um, I, I mean, he, he's just amazing. I, I don't know what I'll do without him. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Anasa. That's fair. That was good. Thank you, Vanessa. And just celebrate what God has done. We're going to um, make a declaration this morning before we get into God's word. Uh, this morning, we're going to do something very different. Uh, we're going to declare the Apostles' Creed together. Is that okay? Right? Uh, I know here we normally do the APC declaration every Sunday, and you're so used to it. Uh, but this morning, we're going to stand, we're going to declare the Apostles' Creed together. So, let's do that. You'll have that up on your screen. Let's stand. Got your Bible. Just lift it high up in the air. And let's all say it together the way they would normally do it. Let's go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born the words in Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know we uh, normally do the APC declaration, uh, but for a long time just wanted to do something different, and then I received an email from somebody saying, hey, why don't we do it? <laughs> I said, okay, it's time to do it. Let's just do it. Uh, our APC declaration talks about who we are in God. Uh, the Apostle Creed talks about who God is, who Christ is, and so it's good to affirm both. Uh, we need to uh, declare that, and, and it's great. Um, we're going to take two Sundays today and next Sunday just to um, talk about something that we're all very familiar with. 
we are all very familiar with God's covenant names. I'm sure many of you can at least give me three, four, five covenant names of God. And uh, we, we sing some of them. And, uh, but we're going to just review some of these covenant names of God uh, today and tomorrow. And just press into uh, who God is and uh, worship him for who he has declared himself to be for us. You know, um, let's say we have a guy here. Let's say call him name. Let's say his name is Joshua or or whatever, you know. And let's say, you know, uh, Joshua plays football. Uh, he plays music. Uh, he's an engineer. And he's a father with children, right? So, you know, I'm not talking about this Joshua. <laughs> uh, let's just say that. So people who see Joshua playing soccer, they'll say he is a soccer player. Those who see him play music, they'll say he is a musician. Those who see him at work doing what he does, they'll say he's an engineer. And those who see him as a part, you know, see him, who know him, uh, him and his family, they'll say, you know, he's a dad, he has so many kids and so on. And each of these statements about Joshua is right. Certain aspect of who he is. He is indeed uh, all of these. And so also with the covenant names of God. God, from the very beginning, progressively revealed himself. Progressively revealed himself through these various covenant names. So as God, uh, as each of these covenant names were made known to people, people began to understand a certain aspect of who God is. Oh, this is who God is. Because he said, I am so and so. So they understood a certain aspect of God's nature. Now, names in the Old Testament, especially Old Testament times, are very important. You know, today we use names for our identification. What's your name? Joe. What's your name? Bob. You know, we use that for identification. We don't think much beyond that. But in the Old Testament, uh, especially in Bible times, names were very important. Names, um, they revealed the character and the nature of a person. They also sometimes described their purpose, their activity, their destiny. So people would give names to people based on what they thought they would become in life or what they would achieve in life. And, and so, that's, so names were very important. They were not just for identification, but they were descriptive of the nature, the character, uh, what that person is, what the person would do, uh, what the person would be like. So names are very important. And as we look at some of these names, uh, we, we, are, we look at them from that perspective. Uh, in the Bible... You'll find about, about 16 Jehovah titles. 16, about 16 of these. Uh, we're not going to look at all 16. Let's look at a few uh, today and next Sunday. Uh, but all of these titles would begin with something like Jehovah something. Jehovah something. So Jehovah is the covenant name of God. In the original Hebrew, they would probably pronounce it like Yahweh. And we, uh, we, more, we more commonly use Jehovah, same uh, thing, same name. And Jehovah really is a compound word. It has three important aspects of God. Jehovah, first of all, talks about God's eternal 
self-existent nature. That means I live by myself. I'm not dependent on anyone else for my existence. He's self-existent. He always is. He always was. He always will be. He did not derive his life and his source from something or someone else. He is eternal. He is self-existent. Jehovah also contains this aspect of God as, as God who, would, who is Lord, who is above everything. He's sovereign. He's Lord. And thirdly, Jehovah in that compound name also has this aspect of God as a God who is self-revealing, self-disclosing, who progressively reveals himself. So when we use the name Jehovah, we're talking about the eternal self-existent one who is Lord and who reveals himself to us. That's Jehovah. Now appended to this title are many other titles, each descriptive of a certain aspect of his nature. And, and it's very interesting to look at these covenant names. We call them covenant names. That means Jehovah, these, these Jehovah titles, we refer to them as covenant names because through these names, God was not only revealing who he was, but he was also revealing what he will do and what he will be to his people. He was promising something each time he gave them this name. So he was not only saying, I am so and so, but he was saying, I will be so thus and thus to you. And that's why I'm revealing and giving this name to you. This is who I am. This is who I will be. This is what you can experience in a, in, by being in covenant with me, by being in relationship with me. So these Jehovah names are important for us. Not only to know the aspect, the nature of God, but also to know who God has promised to be to us in everyday life. Amen? So we worship Him for who He is, and we also believe Him for who He said He is. Amen? We believe Him. This is who my God said he will be to me. He is a God who cannot lie. He is a God that nothing is impossible. If this is what he said he is, this is who he is, this is what he will be to me. Amen? So this morning, we're just going to review or just go over four of these covenant names. Very, very familiar, nothing new to all of us. But just to go back and, and look at God once again and say this is who he is. This is the God I worship. This is the God I believe in. And this is who he will be to me. The first covenant name that we will look at this morning is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord our provider. Or simply put, the Lord will see to it. This is in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, uh, verses 1 through 14. And many of us are very familiar with the context in which this name was revealed. You know, Abraham by this time had been journeying with God for more than 25 years. And he, had, he was progressively beginning to understand that God would provide. It's been understanding. You know, when God said, I'll give you a son, in the beginning he couldn't understand all that. How am I going to have a son? But as he journeyed with God, he did see God give him Isaac. It happened. And so somehow inside him, this knowing that 
the God in whom he believed was a God who will provide no matter what, was becoming stronger and stronger. So in Genesis 22, Isaac must have been a young man by this time. And God tells him, Abraham, I want you to take up your son, Isaac, your only son. And I want you to go up to one of those mountains that I will show you. I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Go do it. Abraham goes readily, readily, no hesitation. The Bible does not say that Abraham said, God, but what will happen to my descendants? He didn't argue with God. There was no argument with God, no discussion, no debate. Because inside him, he already knew that his God will see to it. He already knew it. This was not the first time he's trying to understand. Right? So that's building up inside. So he takes Isaac. Uh, uh, and he takes a few of his men. They go up to the mountain. When they reach the foot of the hills, he tells his mountain stay, uh, tells his men to stay back. They go to the place where God wants them to go. He takes Isaac there. He makes the altar. He puts Isaac, and he's ready to sacrifice Isaac on the altar. And God says, "Okay, Abraham, stop." And at that moment, Abraham receives this revelation. Jehovah Jireh. That's who. My God is. Meaning this whole revelation now culminates in this explosive disclosure of who God is. My God is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who will provide. And he just, his heart just fills with that revelation. And he, and he calls God Jehovah Jireh. My God will provide. It wasn't the first time he's experiencing it, but it's the culmination of it. The other thing I want to emphasize here is that every work of obedience will lead us into a greater revelation of who God is. Amen? For example, in, in, in the Gospels, Jesus says, uh, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and we will reveal ourselves to him. Revelation follows obedience, or obedience precedes revelation. Every time you obey God, you're going to understand a little bit more of who He is and what He does. Amen? That's why obedience in a Christian walk is so important. The more you obey God, the more you're going to get to know Him. Because obedience always leads you into a greater revelation of who He is. And that's what Abraham experienced. At that mount, as he obeyed God, he now saw God in this great expression of being Jehovah Jireh. And uh, at that moment, God himself provided a lamb to put on the altar. And Abraham offered that lamb as a sacrifice. God says, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord your provider. Or I am the Lord who will see to your needs. I will see to it. I'll take care of it. That's his nature. It is his nature to be a provider for his people. That's who he is. Amen? When we look at God, we need to look at him as our provider. 
God, you are my Jehovah Jireh. You will provide for me. You will see to the things that I need in my life. You will provide for it. So that is not only God's nature, but that is who he will be to you and me in everyday life. He is my Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Let's lift our hands up and say this with my God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, my provider. He will see to every need in my life. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He will see to it. He will see to those needs in your life. Jesus is the ultimate expression of God being our provider. Jesus, the Bible says, is the exact expression of God, the exact representation of God. And on the cross, everything that was needed for man was provided for. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, every area was addressed on the cross. It was provided. So much so that Paul writes in Romans, the 8th chapter, he says, If God did not withhold his only son from us, will he not with him also freely give us all things? Meaning, what are the other things you need? He'll give it. Because he is Jehovah must believe he is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. When you have, when you face needs in your life, speak to those needs and say, my God is Jehovah Jireh. Not afraid because of who my God is. Amen. Another name we will look at is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord I healer. This was given in Exodus the 15th chapter, verses 22 to 26. And we just pick up in the middle of the story where the people of Israel have crossed the Red Sea. They've journeyed a little ways towards the land of promise. Uh, they come to the waters of Meribah. And there they find that the waters are very bitter. They've been journeying for three days without water. And they come to this place where finally there is some water. But the waters are too bitter to drink. And so they all complain. And God speaks to Moses. This is in that passage in Exodus 15. He says, Moses, take this tree, cut it down, and put it into the waters. And as Moses does that, the waters become sweet. And at that point, God says, guys, do you want to know something? I am... Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. So he takes that teachable moment to reveal something about himself. I am the Lord your healer. Very interesting in verse 24 of Exodus 15. The Bible says the Lord instituted an ordinance and a statute. That means he instituted something in the lives of his people and he tested them. That means he called them to this place of believing something. God instituted in the lives of his people that I am the Lord your healer. 
and he tested them. That means he's called them to say, look, I want you to believe this about me. If I can make bitter water sweet, I am the Lord who can turn your sickness into health. No matter what it is. And he instituted this as an ordinance, meaning this is something I am establishing in the lives of my people. That I am Jehovah Rapha. That's it. I am the God who makes bitter water sweet. I am the God who turns your sickness into health. There is no more question then, is it God who makes us sick or is it God who makes us well? He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. The Lord your healer. So it's so amazing as you look at the people of Israel and as they journeyed through 40 years in the wilderness, there were no clinics, there were no hospitals, there were no specialty centers, none of that. But can you imagine for 40 years, here's what the Bible says, Psalm 105 verse 37, it says, you let them forth with silver and gold and there was not... One feeble, meaning sickly person in all their tribes. I mean, that's an estimated 3 million people in perfect health. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 21 says, For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out. And their feet did not, meaning they had no bodily problem. Some of our clothes, my, my, some of our shoes wear out quick, 40 days <laughs> or four months. But for 40 years, he sustained them. And he said, I am the Lord your and imagine if God did this right then, back there, where he sustained three million people in good health so that there was not one feeble person in all their tribes and their feet did not swell. Do you think he lost his power somewhere across the Testaments? Why can't we believe in such a Jehovah Rapha? That he will sustain us. Maybe, you know, 400 people, 500 people, whatever. The number of people we are, that he can sustain us. That we will be a community that reveals that God in our midst is Jehovah Rapha. That we will believe that there will be not one feeble person in all our tribes. I mean, all our branches here. That we will believe that as we journey through life, that our feet will not swell. Meaning that God, every one of us, will be sustained in good health. This is who you are. This is what you will be because you instituted it. You established it as something in and among your people. You are their healer. In the Old Testament, that's why Psalm 103, the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. See, hey, this is the benefit of being in covenant with God. He forgives all your sins and he heals all your diseases. That's a benefit. He's a God of covenant. And you're in covenant with him. These are your benefits. 
The third name we will look at is Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. You read about this in Exodus 17th chapter, verses 8 through 16. So as, as they were progressing in the journey to the land of promise, the Bible says here that, that this tribe called Amalek decided to come and attack the people of God. They were on their journey. So Moses calls Joshua and he says, Joshua, I want you to take a band of men. I want you to go and fight with Amalek. They are there in the valley. And so Joshua gets this band of men together. They go out to battle against Amalek. Moses goes up to a little hill nearby and he's carrying the rod, the rod of God in his hands. And he asks Aaron and her, two of his men with him, and as, as Moses is trying to watch the battle from a distance, and as he sees all this is going on, as he lifts his hand up, he sees Israel gaining in victory. But when he says, when he puts his rod down, he sees they're moving back. And so he realizes something about this rod that God's put in my hand. And he tries to hold it up as long as he can. His arms get weary. And so Aaron and I put Two rocks are beside him, and they help him hold up his hand. And as long as, he as long as he had the rod held up, Israel gained in victory, and by the end of the day, they conquered the enemy. And at that moment, God says, let me reveal something more about myself to you. To my people, I am Jehovah. Nisi, I am the Lord, your banner. I am the one who's going to lead you in victorious battle against your enemy. And uh, as you study this in the Old Testament, Israel understood their God as a mighty warrior. Exodus, the 15th chapter, the third verse, the, God's, the Bible says there, uh, as they were singing the song, that says, the Lord is a man of war. Right? All of us thought God's very gentle, loving, tender, merciful, kind. Hey, the Bible says, God is a man of war. Another place, I think it's Isaiah 42, 12, it says, the Lord will stir himself up as a mighty warrior. So that's another aspect of God. He's, 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 he's a warrior God. He's, he, he goes against his enemies. That's why he's called the Lord of hosts. And so God reveals himself to his people saying, I am the Lord, your banner. Now, in those times as armies went out to fight, they would lift up a banner. And the banner inspired people. This is whom I'm fighting for. It gave them focus. It was something that, that built, inspired confidence in people. It energized the soldiers. So for Israel, God is saying, I am your banner. Go into war in my name. And so when you come into the Psalms, and I'll just pick some of these Psalms. For instance, if you go to Psalm 20, 
and, and, and I did not put them up here on the, on, 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 the, on the PowerPoint here. But let's just read here in Psalm 20, then we read from Psalm 60. In Psalm 20, it says, verse 5, we will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. So for Israel, when they raised up their banner, it was in the name of their God. This banner is it's, it's in, in the name of our God. It's telling us who our God is, that he is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord who leads us in victorious combats against our enemies. So he continues in Psalm 20, in verse 7 and 8, he says, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will remember the name. The name. What, what's his name? Jehovah Nisi. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen up and stand. Psalm 60, pick out a few verses from here. Psalm 60 verse 4, you have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displayed because of your truth, that your beloved may be delivered. You have given a banner. That's what his name is a banner. Verse 12, Psalm 60, through God we shall do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. I am Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner, the Lord who gives you victory. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he walked this earth, he was the embodiment of all that God is. He revealed to us that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. He healed all who came to him. On the cross, he revealed himself to us as Jehovah Nisi. The Bible says that on the cross he triumphed over every principality and power. And he put them on public display that they have been defeated. He is Jehovah Nisi. Today when you and I face our battles, we do it in the name of our God. No matter what your battle is, say God, in your name, I'm going to fight. And I know you will give me the victory. You'll give me the victory. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, he says, Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. God always causes us to triumph. So what's your battle? Whom are, I mean, of course, our conflict is against spiritual powers, against rulers of darkness, against demonic powers. But we go against that in the name of our God. We are fearless. We are bold. When we go against demonic powers, we are not afraid because in the name of our God, we know we will conquer. We know we will win. No matter what, the web, what, no matter what assignment the enemy comes against us, we know we will conquer. Amen. So we are not afraid of life's battles. Because in the name of our God, we lift up our banners. Amen. It doesn't matter how thick the battle is. He is Jehovah Nisi. He's going to bring me through, bring you through. Amen. The last one that you look at this morning. 
is Jehovah Mikadishkim. Now don't ask me if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm as ignorant as you are. So let him who is ignorant be ignorant. <laughs> okay. The meaning is the Lord our sanctifier. Over and over again, and we've put down several verses there. God speaks to his people, starting with Exodus 31, verse 13, and then on through the book of Leviticus and on so on. He repeats over and over again. He says, be holy, for I am holy, because I am the Lord your sanctifier. I am the Lord who purifies you. I am the Lord who sets you apart and makes you holy for myself. I am the Lord, your sanctifier. I sanctify you. So who is God? He says, I am holy, and I am the one who makes you holy. He is the Lord, our sanctifier. He is the Lord who sits as the purifier and as the refiner of his people. He is Jehovah Nikodeshkim, the Lord, our sanctifier. The fire of his presence burns up all that's wrong, that's not of him, that's unholy, that's filthy, that's of this world. And he says, I want to make you holy for myself because I, the Lord, your God, I am holy. Amen. He's the Lord our sanctifier, the one who sanctifies us, makes us holy for himself. And that's what he wants to be to us. Just as he wants to be our provider, our healer, our victory giver, he also wants to be our sanctifier. He wants to sanctify our emotions, our appetites, our desires. Our dreams, our purposes. He wants to sanctify our spirit, soul, and body. He's the one who sanctifies us in everything we do. He sets it apart wholly unto himself. Everything about us is to be sanctified or set apart, made pure and kept holy unto the Lord. Because he is the Lord, our sanctifier. Some of us may be struggling in areas of our emotions, our mind, our body, our appetites, our desires, our addictions, our behavior. We know things are not that sanctified. At least Monday through Saturday. Sunday morning we look all sanctified, set apart, you know, prim and proper. That's okay. But you know the real deal. You know what's going on in your life. And all of us probably have those areas in our lives that are not really set apart. This little bit of the filth of this world. Some impurities. Maybe our affections. Your mind wanders off on wrong, all the wrong things. Our appetites. You eat and drink and consume or do things that are not right for you. Or in our purposes or pursuits or dreams and so on. But you know, this, we don't have to run away from God. Run to him. Why do you run to him? 
Because the closer you get to him, the more he sanctify you. The more of his fire will consume the chaff and burn away those things that aren't right. And the more sanctified you'll be. Because he is the Lord your sanctifier. And there's nothing wrong in saying, God, in these areas of my life, I got some filth, I got some things that are not clean. I'm asking you because you are my sanctifier. I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come and clean these areas out for me. Help me to get them out. Help me to be holy even as you are holy. There's nothing wrong in praying and asking God to do that in your life and my life. Nothing wrong. Because he said, I am the Lord your sanctifier. He delights to do that for you and me. We just have to invite him in. And say, God, I believe this is who you are. I worship you for this, for that you're, you're my sanctifier. And I'm asking you to come in. Sanctify me. Holy Spirit, soul, and body. That I might be blameless. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to encourage you and me. To believe in God. And worship him for who he declared himself to be. I'm going to close with this from Hebrews chapter 6. And um, when God makes a promise in Hebrews 6, uh, uh, the writer of Hebrews is narrating or making a point. And he says, when God was giving Abraham a promise, he did two things. He made an oath by himself, and he gave a promise. You know, for example, whenever we make an oath here as people, we usually do it by something bigger than us. For example, when the prime minister of India takes oath to office, he takes the oath um, uh, as prime minister, he says something like this, and of course they do it in Hindi. He says, you know, I, and he gives his name, I swear in the name of God and solemnly affirm that I will do this and this. Abide by the constitution and all of that. So he swears by the name of God. Meaning he's taking an oath by something higher and bigger than him and saying, by him I am going to do this. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews 6, when God was giving Abraham a promise, because he could swear by nobody greater, he swore by himself. That means he put his reputation at stake. Meaning I'm putting all my names on the line. I'm swearing by myself. I give you this promise. So every promise of God is an oath and it's a solemn commitment from God. He is taking an oath upon himself. That I will do this for you. I will be this to you. And he's giving a commitment, a promise to you. This is what I'll do in your life. He's swearing by his own self. It's an oath and it's a solemn promise. The Lord Jesus is the embodiment of all of this that we've been talking about. He is the exact representation of God. And he embodies and reveals all that God declared himself to be. This morning, I just want to invite you and me to do two simple things. 
to worship him for who he is and to believe him for who he is. Amen. Believe and worship him that he is your Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. Believe he is Jehovah Jireh. Worship him that he is your Jehovah Rapha, Lord, your healer. That he'll be that to you. Worship him that he is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is going to give me victory. I don't know what your battle is. Because God's on your side. You lift up your banner in the name of the Lord. And say, God, when this battle is over, I know you'll bring me through in victory. I don't know how long the battle will last. I don't know how intense the battle will become. But he is your Jehovah Nisi. And all the areas of struggles, the things of this world and the, the flesh and the devil and and you know the things that, that should not be in your life. Hey, he is Jehovah Mekadishkam, the Lord who sanctifies you. Say, Lord, I want this area of my life to be consecrated to you. Help me to bring it into a place where it's holy, it's pleasing, it's acceptable to you. Pray. He is the one who purifies and refines you and me. He is our sanctifier. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to do some of that this morning. And as you journey through your week, this is who our God is. And this is who he promised to be in our lives for us and to us. Let's call our worship team up here this morning. and Let's just worship the Lord. Let's lift up our hands together and say this. My God, he is my Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, my provider. My God, he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. My God, he is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Who gives me victory. My God. He is Jehovah Mekadeshkim. The Lord my sanctifier. He sanctifies my emotions. My appetites. My desires. My affections. My dreams. My purposes. Everything about me is sanctified unto God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just want you to continue in worship like that. Just continue. Just talk to the Lord right now between you and Him. Just talk to Him. Worship Him for who He is. Worship Him for who He is. Believe that He is what He says He is in your life. Declare who he is to your circumstances, to your situations. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father.
Lord, we just praise you this morning. We worship you this morning for who you declared yourself to be, O oh God. We just thank you. Father, we just worship you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Richard. At the beginning of this service, I just felt the Lord put something in my heart for you. I saw these words that there will be acceleration in the marketplace. I'm just waiting for the right time to release it into your life. But this is the words, very words that I saw for you. That God is saying to you, Richard, there's an acceleration coming in the marketplace. That means things are going to happen much, much faster, much quicker than what you've ever seen before uh, in the marketplace. And whatever you're doing in the marketplace. And I just want you to receive it. And if you, you know, just bear witness, if it bears witness with you, just receive it. Say, God, I thank you. There is an acceleration coming for me in the marketplace. Those are the very words that I saw for you, Richard. There's an acceleration coming in the marketplace. Thank you, God. I keep getting the name Ruth, and I don't know how many Ruth are in this auditorium here this morning. Ruth, I don't know whether it's your first name, your last name, but Ruth. The word that I have for you, Ruth, is that you're there's a beginning of a new season coming to you. A new season is what I see for you. You've been waiting on the Lord saying, God, when will things change? But God is saying, your morning is about to break. The dawn, the sun's about to rise. It's a new season. I see the beginning of a new season breaking upon your life. So Ruth, Wherever you are, you, this bears witness to you. And you're somebody who's been waiting and saying, you know, I've been waiting on God for a change. But things have changed. I release this word to you this morning. That God is saying, it's a new season. It's about to break open upon your life. It's about to come forth upon your life. And I want you to receive that. Say, God, I'm here this morning. I receive it. That's my name. And that's what I've been praying for. And so I received this this morning. I just want us to take a few moments here just to pray right now. For people to be released in areas of their lives where they're held in bondage. And I know we've been doing that several Sundays. But this morning we heard that God is our sanctifier. He's the one who sets us apart. He's the one who makes us holy for himself. And I, I just feel that we should just pray along those lines. And so this morning we hear there are areas of your life that you know the enemy has gained inroads to the Bible says give the devil no foothold but you open the door and he's, he's got more than a foothold he's probably got a stranglehold on your life in some areas and you find it so difficult to let go you find it so difficult to get free and you've been struggling but this morning God declares himself to us as the Lord who sanctifies us 
the fire of his presence is more powerful than anything that's holding you enslaved. There is no cord of sin that God can't break. There is no bondage that God can't deliver you from. There is no prison that God can't swing open those doors. There is no tomb that God can't resurrect you out of. And this morning he says, I am Jehovah, the Lord who sanctifies you. So we just want to pray for those who need that. And right where you are, would you simply say a simple prayer and say, God, sanctify this area of my life. Sanctify and name that area and say, God, sanctify it. And in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come. And the fire of your presence, the purifying fire of the refiner who sits to refine and purify his people. Let the fire of God come. And burn up the chaff. Burn up those cords of sin. Burn up those areas, O oh Lord, where we've been in bondage. And deliver us, we pray. So come, Holy Spirit. Even now. Release people's affections. Release people's emotions. Release people's appetites that have been held in bondage. Let there be freedom. Because you are the Lord, our sanctifier. Let these areas become consecrated to you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. And I believe God's doing that right now. Right where you are. He is working. He's setting you free. Would you just pray and receive it? And say, God, I thank you for doing this in my life. That I'll be a holy vessel as unto the Lord. Because you are holy. I want every part of me to be consecrated to you. So do this in me by the fire of your presence, by your spirit, God. Do this in me. Oh, God, we worship you this morning. What a great God we serve. Jehovah God. How great is our God.
Welcome you, God, that among this community, this is who you will be. Increase and increase and increase you this work in our midst, we pray. We give you all the glory and honor and praise, O oh Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.